Feeling hot, hot, hot. Do do. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Do do. What are the rest of the lyrics to that song? I don't know if there are any. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, it's a bit warm. Um, you haven't got a it's fan a on, though, right? I've not got a fan on. I can't put a fan on, can I? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I can't. I'm sweating. I'm dripping. I'm, I, well, let's talk about games. You're melting right in front of me. It's Tom and Matt Attack. <laughs> A magnum ice lolly on a hot day, Tom. Look at you. I think, yes, I think by the time this podcast is over, I will have melted. And I did have a lovely magnum the other day. The uh, what's it called? The ruby cocoa. The ruby so cocoa. So it's like the pink yeah, chocolate. Yeah. I like the ruby oh cocoa. My gosh, that was exquisite. I'd had one once before um, when I was at a garden center. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, got a pack of three the other day. Oh my. Oh, Lord. I had pizza, beer, and a ruby cocoa magnum. Sounds like you live in the dream. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like a pretty good Saturday night. Um, What was I going to say? That was a good Saturday night. Ruby Ruby chocolate's good. The ruby Kit Kat, I recommend, if you see a ruby Kit Kat lying around. But tell you what magnum I was very disappointed with that I tried recently. Um, Mm. the, The white chocolate and cookie dough magnum, I think it is called. That sounds... Um, lovely. Sounds like it would be good, right? But no. Mm, yeah. There's actually too much going on with the ice cream. And so it kind of <sighs> gets in the way of that magnum-y flourish. And it's like, well, white chocolate white chocolate magnums are pretty, pretty good anyway. magnum-y flourish. I mean, if we... If magnum-y we... flourish. There you go, there's a podcast Magnum-y name. flourish. No, because we're not sponsored <laughs> by Walls or Heart or whatever the hell they're called in your region of the world. It's a company that just... Is it Walls that do Magnums, or is it another company? I'm I feel pretty like... sure it's Walls. I, I'm... Well, we wouldn't know. We uh, wouldn't know. We're, we're not, not sponsored, sponsored by them. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check. Um, walls. Did you... Imagine that, a world where someone would actually agree to sponsor our podcast. They could probably do quite well, you know. I think I think they probably could. Oh, no, actually, yeah. I, I tell a lie, Tom Parry. Magnum is a Belgian brand of ice cream bars owned by British Dutch company Unilever. Oh, wow! Ooh. Get this! Originally developed and produced by Frisco in the Danish city of Aarhus. Oh, Magnums are dansk. There we go. Now we have Magnums a podcast title. <laughs> Gosh, wow. look at that. It's all starting to make sense now. Why is, why is there not a giant <laughs> Magnum statue in the middle of Aarhus called like Aarhus, the city of Magnum? Though actually, it's kind of the city of COVID at the moment. The COVID cases are going up in Aarhus, which is not great. They're on the rise again in Denmark. Yeah, no, I heard about that. I heard that... Um... Was it? Is there a lockdown? A regional lockdown? Was there is right? not a regional lockdown yet. No, they've not gone the way of Leicester no. or anything else. Uh, but yeah, uh, Preston. The last I heard, I heard Preston. I heard up north is pretty restricted as well, like in the Greater Manchester yeah. region. Well, I'm hoping you know I can uh, go to Crew. Yeah, travel, travel back to Crew for for a for a much needed holiday. I, I need uh, I need a week off. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. It'll come eventually, yeah. Tom. Don't worry, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah, enough talk about um, global pandemics. Life. We we agreed that we weren't going to do that. Sorry, that was a slip of my tongue. 
how are you doing? Other than ah, the holiday. Yes. Um, in general, rather well. You know, um, I have been I having a bit of a gaming renaissance, just slightly. Oh, really? I, 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 Shenmue 3 yeah. um, would be the main thing I've played this last week. Uh, a little bit of Yakuza 0 uh, sort of uh, drizzled on there. Okay. But not as much. I mean, the all-consuming, my all-consuming Shenmue 3 quest continues. Right. Um, and I've had, you know, mixed feelings about it over the last couple of sessions I've played of it. Okay. I need to ask you, which one are you enjoying more, Tom? Yakuza 0 or Shenmue 3? It, it, it goes back and forth. Okay, interesting. It, 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 go, it will go from one to the other rather quickly. I, I enjoyed them maybe equally, it's, it's probably fair to say. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I will... but, but I'd say in terms of design... Shenmue 3 is fairly ambitious right. and unique in what, what it's trying to do, but it doesn't always make for fun gameplay. No. The... Well, I mean, after you saying last week about, like, what was it? It was taking control away from you or something? There was something weird okay, it was doing. Okay, so I thought I had the possibility of winning a particular fight. Yes, that was the thing, and then you um, couldn't do it and again. And because I didn't win it, I ended up doing all this other stuff since I've since learned that perhaps uh, you're not supposed to win it, and there's no way to win it. Oh. The game. It's one of them sort of fights you're meant to lose. Although oh, I felt like I could win it, you know. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say that's a bit annoying that like it's telegraphed it to you that you could have won it, and then you can't. Like I mean, there's a battle in the start of Ghost of Tsushima. And mm. it makes it very clear that you're not going to win because the guy takes off like a quarter of your health with every hit and you're not mm. taking anything off him. And you're like, okay, I'm going yeah. to gonna die here. But that's yeah. not the case. It wasn't clear if, if you could or you couldn't beat, uh, you know, beat him. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it, they're, they're done to a massive fetch quest that became a little bit uh, oof, of a slog. It, it, yes, tedious is the right word. So, uh, first of all, it was, okay, so you've got to find a martial arts master. Done that. Yeah. Um, you've got to then find the right one, and then it's the guy who wants rice and buns to be able to talk to him. So you get the rice and buns for him. You think, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to get this move. I'm going to do this fight. And he says, oh, no, that won't do. You need to get me uh, 2,000 yuan, um, which is a form yeah. of currency in Shenmue. A uh, bottle of fifty-year-old wine. Right. Right. So oh, great. So I got him a fifty-year-old wine. It was the wrong one. It was the only one that I could find that was fifty. <laughs> you know, fifty-year-old. It only cost fifty yuan. Uh, so you you had to then go into a specific shop and search it manually. You couldn't just go to the shopkeeper and look what he had. You had to manually look around the shop, look, find it in a pot, and then go, "Yes, I want this." And he says, "Oh, that's two thousand yuan," and you go. 2,000. Right, so he goes around asking people, how can I make money? And they suggest various things. Um, gambling, so they say, or get a lucky number off the fortune teller, do some gambling, uh, or fishing. Right. And after speaking to my good friend Gareth, he advised me that fishing is probably the quickest way to make money. If you do a whole fishing session, as much as you can do in one go, yeah, then you could probably earn about 500 yuan from that. So I was fishing a lot on my last. Uh, Do you need to spend four player. days in game fishing to buy a bit of wine well, to progress? The story? Oh, the the game won't let you fish in the afternoon. 
either. So you can only fish in the morning. So you've got to maximize your time in the mornings because you know the afternoon you won't be able to do any more fishing. So I think total about three days worth of in-game time right. doing the fishing. Because uh, it was a while till I realized, you know, that you could maximize the time you have. Because you only, you, you rent the rod. It costs money to rent the rod to go fishing. Uh, <laughs> what? And once you've done a fishing session, that's your rental time over. That's one session of fishing. You have to then rent the rod again for your second fishing this session. This sounds really dumb, Tom. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so this is all you've got to look forward to when you go into Shenmue 3. Great. However... After having that experience of feeling really frustrated that, oh, I've got to raise this money, it's just, I was like, yesterday, I'm doing the fishing, I'm going to do it. The, um, the sense of accomplishment I had when I got to 2,000 yuan and knew I was going to be able to learn this move and therefore get to do this fight again, yes. I, 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 it's not guaranteed you're going to win the fight, though. Apparently, um, again, Gareth had done this and uh, he couldn't beat the guy even after learning the new move he said the new move isn't really Very helpful good. yeah it's 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 not gonna guarantee you beat the guy so yeah that's my next step i'm gonna see if i can beat him but i've been training my kung fu uh how so many be hours have you enough. spent between that fight and doing all of this tedious bullshit to progress the story three four maybe nearly five hours oh mate really uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Perhaps it doesn't really sell me on the idea of Shenmue Three, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Maybe I'm overestimating four. Let's say four. You could probably do it quicker, but I spent so long trying to work out what was the best way to earn the money. I lost so much money on gambling, and I was like, right, I'm not doing the gambling again. Right. You know what I mean? So if I'd have known that fishing was the way to go, I could have done that whole segment. A lot shorter. Yeah, but I mean, I say this in the nicest possible way. How are you? How are you to know that when the game says to you, "Yeah, you should probably gamble." Well, it tells you multiple things, and it's up to you to work out which is the best one. Oh, but bugger that! that. You, you like that's just uh, bad game design. Like, <laughs> um, it also suggests herbs as well. A full herb set. If you collect several different herbs and get a set of herbs. The most you can get for one set of herbs is 450. Right. So that's actually pretty good. Um, so that's another way. It's either fishing or, or herbs. Some herbs are very hard to find, though. So actually getting right. a complete set that you can sell for 450 is quite quite a task. So looking at... But what was cool about the fishing thing, just to go back to that okay. very briefly, is as well as earning the money, I was doing a, like a, a side quest fishing in four different spots, catching four different colours of catfish. Right. And by the end of that, I got some stamps in my book and I got a special jacket. Okay. Now, I'm not sure if Rio ever gets the opportunity to wear this jacket, but I did this side quest at the same time as doing... That made it more fun. Okay. It wasn't just like senseless fishing. It was like, there's a goal here. I've got to get the different colour catfish. And you you get clues of where the best spot is where you're fishing to, in order to catch the, the fish you're after. Got a cat chamol. Yes, catfish, yes, indeed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. there's a pun. Um, the fishing's um, pretty simple as well, but the amount of times you're spinning the right stick with your right thumb, it's going to fall off after a while. Okay. So it's actually physically only only like half a day you can spend fishing. Perhaps the game knows that if you were to spend a full in-game day fishing, 
you know, if you're able to do that, your thumb would fall off. I think. <laughs> then why would you design the fishing that way? Like that's not. A... No! I actually still feeling the strain in my thumb today. Is it a little? Just thinking about have it. Have you not man. done the like the Mario Party thing where you just use your palm? Use your palm. Perhaps I could have done. Yeah. Wax on, that wax thumb off. Movement. The thumb movement is giving you arthritis in your thumb. I wonder if you could sue you, Suzuki, for that. Um, so I'm looking at how but long I like to beat, Shenmue 3 Tom. Still, it says 25 hours in total to beat Shenmue. You've you've spent. Well, I've spent five of them fishing. Eleven or twelve hours playing the game in total, I think. Right. Um, and I'm still in the first section of the game, the, the village. Okay. Bailu Village or Bailu Village. I don't know how it's pronounced. But... Yeah, but from what I understand, there isn't that much more to that game anyway than that first big area, right? There's another big area. There's two big areas. Okay. It's similar to other Shenmue games. Um, and they say big, it's reasonably sized area. Like we said last week, it's a manageable sandbox. Exactly. TM. <laughs> but to compare it with uh, Yakuza, I feel like I've probably spent longer playing Shen- Shenmue and actually I've spent the same amount of time playing Shenmue. Yeah. But there's less long cutscenes in Shenmue than there are in Yakuza. Because I think the period of time I've actually spent playing Yakuza is probably less than Shenmue, but I've watched more cutscenes. That's fair, but how much of Sh- how much of Yakuza 0 has been you needlessly fishing? None of it. Exactly. I have done a fair amount of crane-grabbing minigames in order to get different colour cuddly toys for the girl who insists on calling me daddy. Yeah, but I mean, that's just your own choice as well, isn't it? <laughs> It is, but how can you, you know, ignore certain characters when they're asking for things? Oh, it's quite easy to just grab the crane game thing. So I often get distracted along the way, and I do every side quest. Yeah. Do you know that the the giant Sega arcade that is in the square Uh, in Yakuza is actually going to close in real life? Yeah. It's big news, that. It is. Um, It's very sad. That's been um, a landmark, hasn't it? It has. The the district well, the district is very famous, isn't it? Ak- it Go on. Um, it's in Akihabara. Yeah. Yes. I went there, Tom. That's I sent you there. a picture of a a Sega logo made into a waffle that I could have purchased, yes. but I did not because I'd already it, had Gundam on that very same day. That's that's very sad. I guess it's not surprising the way arcades are going and also the COVID nineteen situation. Both things have contributed towards the closure of uh, yeah. Very significant video game landmark. To be fair, when I was there in October, it wasn't very busy. But no, that's... that bit had been on decline yeah. for a while. I hear. Yeah. To be fair, though, that's because there is an absolute ton of arcades in that area, and generally speaking, mm. a there's a bigger there's a bigger Sega arcade there anyway, so there are two within that area. But b there's just so many like there's so many UFO catches and stuff within Akihabara, like. There wasn't really anything unique in there. However, it did have the darts live machines, which I thought were a thing of Yakuza. To see people actually oh, playing darts live <laughs> machine in real life blew my mind. But also, they had that's where they had all the retro stuff. They had like Hang On and stuff there. Like they actually had our old arcade machines and Space Harrier. And yeah, what's happening to those arcade machines? I guess they'll in get, that Sega building. I guess they'll get moved to other locations or archived. I don't. I don't think they're going to disappear anywhere. But yeah, yeah. The fact that darts live was a real thing was mind blowing to me. That's the darts you play. It's in the Yakuza. darts you play in Yakuza. I mean, it makes sense, but like, 
the whole... Isn't that the same as the darts you play in Shenmue as well? No, because darts life, Tom, as it turns out, they, they, they talk this up in Zero, is a system that is essentially connected to... You're always playing against... Well, theoretically, you're always playing against other people playing in other areas in Japan. Like, you can challenge uh, someone in, like, Hokkaido when you're network. in Tokyo. Yeah. It's all networked. Yeah. Which is super cool. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that is sad. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, oh. I have mainly... Cheer us up, Matt. What have you been playing? I've mainly, Tom, been trying to play video games this week. Um, so yeah. I sat down on Wednesday and was like, right then, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a video game. Uh, I wasn't feeling particularly great. I've had like a bit of a flare up of a cold again. I keep getting it on and off, which really sucks. But mm. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm gonna play some Ghost of Tsushima. I have um, the Falcom game, uh, Trials of Cold Steel. I can't remember. It's a JRPG. Yes. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I haven't no, played yeah, it yeah. anyway. We we covered it covered it on Blast Process, believe it or not. Oh, really? If head over to the website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I had that. I was like, right, okay. I'm going to. I'm gonna maybe dip my toes in this. I was like, well, no, actually, I should probably play more Ghost of Tsushima since I've started this game and I'm really touched to that long ago. Like, I I played a lot of it the first time we talked about it in the podcast and then I've kind of dipped in and out of it for half hour every now and again. It's like, right, I'm going to play it. Turns out, Tom, I needed to download an update and that would take uh, 35 minutes. So I lost I lost my Wednesday to watching the rest of Yu Yu Hakusho. So I've now finished the anime Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, right. Well, was this the original anime? This is the original like anime. It, it is on Netflix. Oh. It is all right. Um, it is... I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or not, but it, essentially it you can see the threads of all of like the Shonen Jump manga of like tournament fighting and friendship is power very much mm. present in Yu Yu Hakusho. And then like when you watch things like, you know, anything that's come after it, like Naruto or Bleach or anything, you, you can see the clear threads between that between Yu Yu Hakusho and Dragon Ball yeah, very prominently. Sure. It was one of the Shonen Jump popular yes, yes, series, it was. One was of the it not? Biggest yes. anime, well, one of the biggest mangas of the 90s and subsequently the biggest animes. There's four Game Boy games based on Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, if you count every video game, there's, there's an awful lot. I've got one on PS2. I yeah. have two of them on the Game Boy Advance also. There's a lot of them. Anyway, um, so I didn't play any Ghost of Tsushima this week because I put it on download and I was like, well, actually, I'm kind of enjoying watching Yu Yu show now, so I'll finish that off. Yeah. yeah. Then I sat down on Friday after I'd finished work. I was like, right, okay, actually, the sun's out. I would like to have played something new to talk about in this podcast. I've heard a lot of people talking about it, and I'm sure a lot of you out there are playing it if you are PS Plus members, and that's Fall Guys. However, they have been having massive server issues, which, you know, it, it's Mediatonic. It's the people who made um, Murder by Numbers recently, and then before that, they also had another game that I really enjoyed. Oh, what was it? They should, name? To tell you what they should do, a collaboration with Five Guys, the fast food restaurant. They should. Actually, you know you know what their first game is, Tom, that I really enjoyed? It's Hatoful hmm. Boyfriend, the pigeon dating sim. Oh, that was them. That was oh, them, wow. yeah. Okay. But again, they did, they also did Murder by Numbers, which I talked about in the podcast. I really enjoyed. And this is another sort of Japanese influence, obviously, because it's similar to Takeshi's Castle, is it? Is it well, not? I mean, in its con- yes. In its general concept. But I, I would say, I would say, perhaps it's more aimed at 
Ninja Warrior than Takeshi's Castle from some of the marketing material I've seen. Oh, Essentially, okay. what this game is, for those of you out there, is a Battle Royale game. Um, it's Doritos Crash Course with loads of characters. Yes, actually. It's Doritos Crash Course with a load of characters. <laughs> it's essentially you running a Ninja Warrior style thing, or as Tom said, very close to Takeshi's Castle also, in which you are running an obstacle course as kind of a marshmallow-looking character. That naturally... Cute characters. Cute little characters. Yeah. They're the four guys. Yeah, yeah they have they have very Japanese, quiet-looking eyes. They kind of look a bit like... Oh, no, actually, they don't. That's because of the costume I've got. I was going to say... Can dress them up? No, the... Well, I mean, there's there's a bit of Homestar Runner character design in there for me as well. Um... Elo Milo, remember that game? Elo Milo, no, Those I don't. Those two little... Oh, those two little characters with big, cute eyes. I can't remember it. I. Hmm, it was Xbox uh, Live downloadable. Yeah. Thing. No, I was th- I was thinking of um, Daruma dolls. You know the Japanese little puffy things that have like a mask and then a moustache. Oh right, there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it, actually, looking at a picture on Google, they don't look that much like those. They are more. <laughs> they are more Homestar Runner. They are marshmallows with eyes and big floppy limbs. Um, brightly hmm. coloured to appeal to the kids and what you do is you you are one of 60 of these players in a match and you are running this obstacle course and hilarity ensues Tom, you are knocked off the edges you are running up slime you are playing a bit of Rocket League on some of the mini games, like it is randomly generated, you will play 5 rounds and essentially hmm. they are all knockout phases, so the first game tends to get rid of like 20 players then 10 and then subsequently whittles it down to about seven players i think at the end and when yeah. you when you're at the end it isn't you on a big float trying to destroy a castle it is you running for a crown and you have to run you have to jump you have to grab onto the crown and i gripped that crown yesterday tom parry i won a game of four guys oh, that felt good yeah it did yeah. and then i just turned it off immediately i was like yes my work here is done wipe my hands <laughs> Uh, and went out and enjoyed my day. <laughs> no, it was a good game. Um, I recommend it. I think as free PlayStation Plus games go, it's probably the most excited I've been by a PlayStation Plus game for a while. Is it, is it the best since... Um, I remember when Rocket League went free on PlayStation Plus. That must have contributed towards its popularity. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it did. I don't know if this game has the same legs that Rocket League does. Because Rocket League, undoubtedly, there is massive... Well, Rocket League doesn't involved. have any legs. No, it has wheels. That's correct. That's that's true. Otherwise, it would just be like Pro Evo with a big ball. Um, <laughs> no, R- Rocket League has. There's definitely the ability to get better at Rocket League. There's definitely the ability to play Rocket League at a high level that makes it an esport. Tm. I don't necessarily. I don't yeah. necessarily see that at the moment with Fall Guys. No, now, it's a party game. Yeah, it is is very much a party game, but battle royale style, which is great. It is a mm. fun thing to mm. play for like a couple of half hours stints, and it is very addictive. It has got that. Oh gosh, I'm just gonna. I I got knocked out in the first round. Okay, I'm gonna play one more game. One more game, and it'll be fine. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um. Not, not draw me into the level of like an apex. I've not found myself returning to the game again and again since playing it. Like even today, I've not been that inclined to pick it up after winning yesterday no. i do enjoy it i do think it's a good game like i said much like every other battle royale there are cosmetics there are like season passes in which you level up towards getting new 
So that's where they make the money? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, to be fair, yeah. the game isn't free to play. The game is like 15 quid if you don't have PlayStation Plus, which means if you're on Xbox yeah. or PC, you are play you are paying to play this game. Hmm. Um, But yeah, as the game has been relatively well received and also is a PlayStation Plus game, the servers have been tanked over the weekend. And that has not really led to great gameplay because a lot of it is like, hey, you're trying to like dodge a spinning foam roller thing and trying to time up jumping with lag mm. is not great like fortunately i've played a lot of these games before that i can kind of do it by going okay i'm gonna press x now and hope it doesn't lag out and i don't yeah. get hit it's a good skill to have that. it is and it, to be honest with you like my 3d platforming prowess is actually <laughs> led me to almost win a couple of matches because you can see play people yeah. who aren't used to playing 3d yeah. platformers all that time playing Monkey King is back is paying off. Oh God, yeah. Should we should we talk about Monkey King? <laughs> should we should we just dust? Uh, should we close the gates on? You've Monkey got King? more to say about Monkey King. Yeah, well, you didn't just cover I, everything. Um, I do time. actually. I do have a little bit more to say about Monkey King, but I, I will just say I I think if you have PlayStation Plus, you should check out Fall Guys. It's really good. Whether it's got the legs to be another big game, I don't know, but. With it being free on PlayStation Plus, I can see it being a game that people dip in and out of. And I think it's also a dumb, fun mm. party game. And to be honest with you, something I might play with some of my Destiny friends, because I, I no longer play Destiny. So I may just drag them Can you them play in. offline? No, you can't. It is purely 60-player yeah. <laughs> online Battle Royale, which, to be honest with you, is... Like... Yeah, because you need that many characters. You know, no way you're going to no. be able to do that. Offline. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, without those characters it wouldn't be fun without those elements of chance it wouldn't be yeah there would be no point to it it'd be nice be if, racing against if there was sorry no i was just gonna say come on, it'd be nice if what i was gonna say it'd be nice if there were some smaller mini games you could play with maybe up to four players yeah included so you have that option that would be fun i would like that but then again i don't know I don't know if the style of game that they've made is really well suited for four players. There are some like team games as part of the the knockout stages, which I always tend to lose. Like I'm I'm fairly confident my own ability to get to the end of an obstacle course in this game. When mm. it comes to team games, however, if you are with people who don't understand the rules of the game, it is very difficult to like be one or two people on a side who know what they're doing with eight people who don't. So that's okay. been a bit frustrating as well. But mm-hmm. hey, those crop up few and far between. Like I said, there's also like a Rocket League mini game we played yesterday and we absolutely trounced the opposite side and I felt really bad we beat the mate nil. But hey, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game, Congrats. Tom. Don't want to take the fall, don't step to the guys, TM. I'm just saying TM after everything this episode. I don't know why I apologise. Mon- TM, interestingly, is Tom and Matt. Oh, that's true. Oh God, we should we should trademark that. <laughs> we should TM TM. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna draw a line under Monkey King as well. I played a little bit more of that game. Um, yeah, it's, it doesn't get any better. Is all I'm to say. Um, okay. The the high quality. Consistent at least. Yeah, well, no. It, to be fair, it gets a bit worse as it goes on. Oh. It's a bit of diminishing returns. With what I've played a Monkey King Heroes back. Um, I 
I trudged through that area, or I beat the boss, and then immediately after I beat that boss I was telling you about, by going, screw this, I'm not going to play the ge- way the game wants me to, I'm just going to beat the crap out of it and dodge. Uh, and mm. I did, and that worked very well. I then realised, after that, that all of this like fluid animation and beautiful character design and stuff I was telling you about uh, yeah. isn't really consistent throughout the game. And some moments are animated, oh. and some feel like animatics. I even said, "Oh you yes, no, you said where this, didn't you? Yeah. It, it feels like you're watching a storyboard, and like everything yeah. is like really low render. Like everything has this weird like storybook. Like it's not the only game it. to do that. Though. No, it isn't. But it's, there are other games that follow that. It's very template. jarring, and it doesn't work, mm. especially as you've had these beautifully animated cutscenes all the way through the game up until that point." It's like, just let me walk and talk. Like, there's plenty of areas where it does that, where, like, to give you a load of dialogue and story, you do the Marcus Phoenix, I'm going to walk with my hand to my ear, but, like, you just walk really slowly as the Monkey King. They feel a bit tedious, but it's not as tedious as watching really badly animated cutscenes. Um... Then, after after I'd gone through a few of these really tedious cutscenes, I realised that the game was just going to make me repeat fighting the same boss four times. So I did that. Oh. Um, there's not a lot of assets in this game, Tom. It turns out. <laughs> okay. Turns out the stretching a an hour and twenty minute cinematic experience into an eight hour game doesn't really leave you with a lot of character design. It turns out, and yeah, oh, I I fought the same boar boss like four times before I finally killed him, and then I've been forced to fight like the second boss I run into, which is like enchanted armor with a, a seal on it. Mm. I fought about eight of them now because like one area you get to is a harbor and they're literally down the middle of the harbor is just boss 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 until you get to the end of it and I oh. I got to the fourth fight and I died as like ah that's enough of this game <laughs> I think I've seen everything I need to see so that's it it's never going back in the PlayStation Monkey King so Hero over. is returned to the library is <laughs> the new title of that game in my head Tom <laughs> Monkey King has gone yeah yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. He's not back. No. He'll never be back. He'll never come back. Deleted <laughs> off my hard drive to make room for Fall Guys, Tom, and I think that was a very good decision. I did actually look up some um, reviews of it after we spoke about it last week, and I think people see it as a very average game. There's a lot of 6 out of 10 reviews there. People have often said about it that it's not that bad, but it's not that great either. I, I, I give it a 5. It's, this is the most okay. middle-of-the-road game I've played in a long, long time. There's nothing extent... Well, there are bad things about it. It does things look nice, though, it. doesn't it, it? It does look really nice from what in I points, saw. In points, other bits of it, though, Tom, have like weird lighting issues where there's clearly... Oh. They've clearly lit the environments too well, and so everything looks oh. like weirdly washed out. Blimey. Yeah, it's not it's not great, Tom. Okay. I I would give it a miss. Well, I won't rush out and uh, try and find a copy to play. If you end up seeing a copy in CSX for like a quid in like ten years' time, maybe pick it up. But I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even pay for it. It's not that. It's not worth owning, Tom. And I know you um, are. There we go. It's not worth. I know you were someone who would of. pick up crap games out of pure curiosity, but like, it's not as bad as Extreme Quads. But even so, it isn't really worth owning when there are countless better games out there. It's all right if 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 it's like three quid. Yeah, I'd be willing to pay up for a fiver for it, but like, not more than that. <laughs> I like that. I was happy with the three quid for the bouncer. I purchased this recently. I think the bouncer's worth more than three quid. 
I like the bones here. <laughs> well, yeah, see, it sort of, sort of uh, fluctuates in price. Uh, but the bouncer, eh? I the played a bouncer. bit of that this morning. For the PS2, yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting game to return to after all these years. I'm sure it would be. I have very fond <laughs> memories of the bouncer, which, to be honest with you, is why I haven't. Yes. So the bouncer is sort of like... Uh, it's a beat-em-up. It is. But it's got a lot of cutscenes. It's, thr- it's a 3D side-scrolling beat-em-up by Square Enix. It was a very pretty game it for lo- the time. Yeah, it loves to stop and start. Um, but it's quite playable. A little sluggish, the combat. And a lot of those animations look like they were recycled from Tobol Number 1. To be fair, I, I do think it is a launch title for the PS2 or very close It was an to... early, very early title for PS2. And at the time it was well received in terms of its graphics but it looked not so amazing much its, uh... the bouncer was one of the reasons i got a ps2 because how good that game looked at the time yeah there's a lot of hype around it wasn't there it does a weird thing though where it always it blurs everything yes so when you actually play in it i'm playing up through components so it should be reasonable quality but if you blow it up and play it on a modern television yeah, all that that uh, blurring doesn't really pay off. No, it probably looks better on a CRT TV. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I, I much like a lot of the the sprite work of that era, like and before, like of Sinez and stuff. Mm. It is clearly made to be played on a CRT, mm. and that yeah, absolutely. that does bite yeah. certain games in the ass. And the bouncer is one of them. Like even looking at screenshots of it that are supposed to be like high def on Google, all of them are blurry. And now you've <laughs> now you've mentioned that I've been like, oh yeah, blurred. everything was blurry. It's, there's a glow, and even in its Wikipedia article, it mentions that this was a fairly unique thing at the time. Yeah, uh, that it was permanently in blur mode, and other PS. To, I mean, Grand Theft Auto 3 had that blur. You could well, turn I mean, on it was a weird aesthetic in the early see? 2000s. Like, Martha, my yeah. wife has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And, like, mm. the first season of RuPaul is that. It's all blur and lights. Like, it's a weird <laughs> aesthetic from that time that looks like trash now. And from what I've yeah. heard in later seasons of RuPaul, they make fun of it, which is understandable because it looks ridiculous. Okay, a stylistic choice. I think maybe with the PlayStation, it was used to cover up some of the limitations of the PlayStation. It's anti-analyze, is it? Yeah, anti-analyze. Some of the rougher edges yeah. that can be seen on but I, the polygons on I, the PlayStation. I would argue but... it's probably making up for more of Square's shortcomings in developing for the PS2 because, I mean, if you look at... Final Fantasy X compared to the Bouncer, that is a beautiful looking game. You know, mm. like I just don't think they were there. The Bouncer yet. isn't a bad looking no, game isn't. though, by any means. Yeah, it, it it's aged reasonably well in terms of its graphical department. If if you know, uh, filter aside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, character designs are fun and, and very reminiscent of the main guy. Looks like the guy from um, uh, what's it called? Kingdom, that Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. I was literally. I just clicked on a on a, a thing on Google. I was about to comment on this because I couldn't remember. I kind his of name. want to call him Soil or something. His name's not Soil. No, his, is it? his name's similar. Sion. But it, it. Okay. Sora is the character from Kingdom Hearts. Sion is the one from the Bouncer. But yeah. it, it's actually. And he's got that big chain. Yeah, yeah, he has got the big. He's got. He's got those shorts. He's got the shorts. He's got lots of zips because that is um, <laughs> his character design. Zips for days. Um, the. He, I don't know, like, I I really liked that game at the time. I imagine mm. it is probably a bit 
clunky now so in a way a that few, a few shortcomings in terms of it does feel a bit sluggish but it's very playable yeah i mean i was enjoying my time with it however my biggest issue i had was sometimes the camera there's a couple of moments where you have to get through a corridor and avoid getting trapped behind a door and sometimes there's obstacles in your way and you're doing it from a front-on perspective yeah and yeah that that's the camera was in my the limitations of the camera and where they placed it, that's why I died. Yeah. You know. Oh, actually. Uh, and then, yeah. Got, go sorry, it's, it's a side note. Let's finish this talk first. Mm. But I, I saw something brilliant that I wanted to make you aware of. Go on. Sorry, the camera's okay. limitations. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a frustration of the bounce. So I do like how you level up characters and how you want to switch in between different ones in order to, to level each one's up. Some are stronger than others, or some are um, more defence or whatever. Uh, so I like that element to it. It's, it's sort of like Yakuza in a way, isn't it? Is there three um, characters in the bouncer the same way there was in Final Fantasy? Three Fight? characters you, you switch between, and then depending which one you're using, the cutscene might play out differently. Oh, interesting. Depending who the focus the character is on. It's, it, they list it in the instruction book as being a unique feature of the game, some dynamic character changing uh, engine or whatever right. it says. So cutscenes will basically change whoever you are. Um, and it's got multiplayer stuff going on there, survival mode, a versus mode. You know, it's, it's a good little package, and I, I can't grumble for £3. I think it's uh, a game made with a lot of love, and uh, it may be very simple, but, uh, yeah, it's quite engaging as well. You can skip cutscenes. Say if you've, like, died and your last save point was a while ago, last time you saved was a while ago, you can skip through the, all the cutscenes, which is a bit of a chore to do because the game also has to load each cutscene. Yeah. And then for you to skip it, of course. So I would recommend, uh, even though it takes a little while to save after every fight, because, you know, these fights can be quite short yeah. in between. And to have to save after every one does feel a bit of a chore, but it will pay off. Because you might find a segment which is longer if you haven't saved for a while. That, that becomes an issue. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was very cu- I've always been curious about that game. And I decided recently just to give it a go. Um, yeah, I like it. Fair enough. Even though it's heavy on cutscenes, that's usually something I'm not so into. But After- when they're well done cutscenes and the, the gameplay is pretty direct, straightforward... Yeah, it works for me. Yakuza's bringing you around on story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it might do. But yeah, as long as the gameplay is relatively straightforward as well, I don't mind uh, the, the story. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. No, I was just going to ask, actually, the, th- the the side note I wanted to say. Have you seen the video making the rounds on Twitter of um, someone like essentially making like a GTA slash Yakuza clone. Ah, yes, in... yes. It looked very Yakuza to yeah. me. Uh, yeah. I, oh, God, there's just a, there's a bit in it where he he gets close to a garage and hmm. like the camera swings around the front of the camera, uh, the character, in the way it does in video games, where it's clearly yeah. the camera is an object and it gets caught on scene. Yes. And it's so good. It made me laugh for oh, about five minutes. I didn't minutes. watch the whole thing. I saw a bit where he got stuck on the corner of some object. Yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> he was moving There's just so many things like that. And like, I feel like I've seen like a GTA one like that a while yeah, back Yeah, me now. too. 
someone had I think done done one that was like San Andreas, I think. Yeah, but I think I think the GTA uh, one from what I remember was very American, you know, it was very like Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. Doing yeah. This, and, they, and this one was more Yakuza. It was more Yakuza, but it's also more yeah. earnest and a bit more low budget. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, that's quite fun. It's one so good. Out, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that, I'll, I'll post a I'll post a link in the episode mm. description so people can check that out. But it's so good; it's just it's unbelievably funny. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Cool. Have you been playing or buying anything else, Tom Parry? Yeah, that, that's uh, talk about a way out because I recently completed this along with my good friend Gareth. Yes, uh, we've. It's a longer game than you think. <laughs> I hear it's about seven I mean, hours, right? It's quite. Maybe a bit longer. Um, little bit at least and it, it does more than you expect it to do it's called a way out and initially it starts off as a, a prison break game yeah uh, the unique feature of this game is you play it cooperatively split screen even if you're playing online you're still split screen yeah so the game actually uses that to its advantage because certain characters can do different things at the same time maybe the focus is more on one character than the other one gets to like mess around um in an area and throw cards or do some sort of menial task while the other character gets involved in a, in a bigger like story um, point. Yeah. So um, you play, you get a choice players, uh, Leo or Vincent, right? who at the start of the game are in a helicopter, no explanation why, but you basically replay everything up to them getting into the helicopter. Okay. And then um, a bit after that as well, yeah. that is, that helicopter ride is them going to the end of the game, basically the, the end portion okay. of the game. So, so it fills you in everything else that went on before that. And I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward breaking out of prison yeah. type thing. But did you learn that there's no easy way out? There's no shortcut home. <laughs> there's no easy way out. Yeah, I, giving in can't be wrong. I, I so did. It, it does play out like a movie. It's very cinematic. It's got good dialogue and good characters. Yeah. Um, and it surprised me in how many different game genres it covers throughout its runtime. Okay. Because it goes from a sort of like stealthy puzzle type gameplay uh, into action, more action gameplay right. uh, later on. It always brings back those sort of stealth elements every now and again. But uh, by the end of the game, it's like Uncharted. Okay. It's like you're playing Uncharted by the end of the game. Uh, you have enemies, third-person cover-based uh, segment. Uh, you get guns like halfway through the game. I don't want... Which, you know, as I describe this, I feel like I might spoil the game a little bit. Okay. Uh, I don't know how... Because how, how, you're going to play this, I am going to play it, yeah. I've actually been, I've been looking at this for a while to play it with my lovely lady wife because it seems like a game. Yeah, it's good you can do it couch co-op yeah and it's also good that if the other person you want to play it with doesn't own the game they can just download it yeah. and play it with you yeah so you invite them in the game it lets them download it then and then you can play together without the other person spending a penny which is great which is I great wish yeah it's how that. it should be yeah exactly because it's 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 got a big budget this game as you know uh, the graphics are good it's got some very exciting segments to it however everything is linear but there are choices along the way so it does actually encourage a, a second playthrough yeah because sometimes you'll reach a position where one of do you want to do it leo's way or you want to do it vincent's way they both they're 
different characters and they have different ways of approaching things. Okay. Whereas Leo's a little bit more full on. He'll just go full pelt, run into things. Vincent's always got the more sort of like strategic idea. Okay. Like um, Leo may say, oh, let's just steal that cop car and just drive off. And then Leo, uh, sorry, Vincent might say, no, let's sneak around it and avoid them. Let's go under the bridge um, rather than drive across the bridge, yeah. you know. And then, then that creates a whole different gameplay segment. And this all just comes to a head at the end. Um, mm, it's so hard to talk about okay. the, a way out and some of the th- good things it's got going for it without spoiling, spoiling it. Okay. Well, the story. I'll tell you what, I will try and play it by next week or at least try and play some yeah. bits of it. And then it shouldn't take you too it. long to get through. Yeah. But. The thing is, it feels like there was a game. There was this Prison Break game. And then it was like, oh, kind of we've done that bit now. What do we do for the rest of the game? Sounds a bit like the <laughs> series Prison Break, Tom. Because the first series is very yeah. good when they're escaping prison. And then they don't know what the fuck to do with it after that. And it's not that the stuff after the Prison Break is is bad. It's just it feels like the game is being stretched out a lot. Yeah. Um, and for me, actually, the Prison Break stuff was probably the most interesting stuff. It seemed like they were having a lot of fun with what happens after, though. And you, you find more sort of open segments where you can just mess around and play mini games. Right. You can throw some chickens up in the air, or you can dress up in funny costumes, or play horseshoes in the barn. Or There's, um, there, there's vehicle segments as well in the game. Uh, you, you go, you do boats and you do um, bikes and you do also and and several different places that you visit after the. Um, it's even got a survival bit in it that feels like um, the forest at one, at one point. Right. And it's like, well, oh, is it going to go into like a um, a one-on-one beat 'em up that we felt at one point okay. when we were playing it? Oh, is it going to go for this gameplay style now? And, that sounds cool, though. They're just buried that much. It's a really interesting game. And, yeah, I do recommend playing it. I will it. check it out. Yeah. See what you think. I, I would look forward to chatting to you about that. As, as I look forward to chatting to you about Shenmue 3 when the time comes around for you to actually play that. Yeah, eventually <laughs> I'll get there, Tom. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's most of what I've been playing. We revisited Halo 3. Playing on the Master Chief Collection, playing co-op. Right. It's just something very satisfying about Halo. It doesn't feel like any other first-person shooter to me. No, it doesn't. I, I, I think um, I think that series peaked there. I think ODST uses that well, Reach. effect. I I still think I like Reach. I a love lot. Reach, but I think Halo Three is a better game. I don't know why. Interesting. Yes. Halo Three. Ah. I didn't realise when you play co-op, because I hadn't played co-op before, you play as the Arbiter yes. as a second player. Yeah. Does. yeah. yeah. That, was, that was fun to see that character again. Or not see him. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love how you waddle around if you pull the gun off, one, you know, the, the, the gun turret off, and he sort of waddles <laughs> around with it. Yeah, with, yeah. Like, it does show its age in places, but it's incredibly uh, fun. I mean, absolutely. holds up very hey, well. Man, it's a very old game now like it's to yeah. be expected mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but still, you know, it looks good at the same time. It's just there's a few elements that look a little bit ropey now, but you yeah, know, you expect that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't, I haven't really bought anything else. I, I picked up some games, but nothing of real note to this podcast. Just some Japanese Game Boy games that I'm never going to be able to play because they're RPGs. But do you want to talk about? I'll go well, on. I was just, just going to say I. I've, I was going to throw someone else out. Yeah, there. go on. You can do it. I was just going to say I. Pi- I picked up the Sakura Tyson games for the Game Boy because I. I saw them cheap and I was like, oh, I, I wouldn't mind giving those Sakura a go. Sakura Tyson. Yes, Sakura Wars. Ah, oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You had a chance to play them yet? I haven't. No, they haven't arrived yet. And I also picked up um, a game by game I've been after for a while called Twin, uh, which is published by Athena, which is a, another JRPG. But it's one of those JRPGs that was quite pricey the first time I went to Japan. Then I couldn't find it for love nor money the second time I went to Japan, other than Super Potato in Akihabara. And it was like a lot of money for a box copy. Mm. And I was like, okay. shit, I should have bought this the first time. So I found a cheap one and I bought it again. It's all right. It'd be great if you could play them on that uh, analog console, that handheld. Oh, analog Tom, console. don't talk about it. <laughs> don't talk about it. It's still, it's still, still bitter to me. I did not get. You'll get another chance to buy I'm one. I'm sure I, really I will, one. but like I had one in my, in my friggin', it was in my cart, and the the stupid Shopify plugin to like put my card details in didn't load. I didn't even have the same trouble everyone else had with. Shipping. It wasn't like filling in the oh, shipping thing have. for me. It was just I couldn't pay for it. So oh, I didn't get it. How frustrating. I can understand your frustration there. I saw someone post online recently. Oh, manage- I was one of the lucky ones to get one of the uh, analog minis. Uh, yeah, but I don't really know much about Game Boy games. Can anyone recommend a Game Boy game to me? Yeah, man. Welcome to my life. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, like. I thought that was quite funny. I thought, well, I know just the guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send it to me, it's fine. Um, <laughs> send it my way, I'll send you some Game Boy games that you could have played on it. No, I I don't know, man. It was really frustrating. There was a, I've seen a lot of them on eBay for like a lot of money as well since. Inflated prices, but it, they'll make more. There's obviously demand for them. Yeah, There's but... There's going to be more down the line. But it's also been a thing of analogue where they've made more of the Mini and the, the NT and everything else. But they sell out, and then they don't make more of them, like... The, the the analog mini the NES one was mm. they've talked about like they did another run of them and they sold out instantly as well so like it doesn't doesn't get my hopes up I hope you can get one <sighs> we'll see mate we'll see I so you'll be able to make very good use of I, it I would love to have one I mean again I I understand there's also a global pandemic on I, I saw a lot of people pissed off on Twitter that you know, they were like, I, I, my, the level of outrage and the level of like self entitlement present within some people who play video games just astounds me. And it's like, it's frustrating. I didn't get one, but like, yeah, I don't really. It's not like playing on my mind the same way I can tell it's playing on other people's. It's really frustrating. Don't get me wrong. I'm still annoyed, but like. I yeah, don't blame sure. Analog. The the, the the third party thing they were using couldn't hold up to the demand. Like, how could they ever have mm. seen that? Also, it's the middle yeah. of a global pandemic. They are, they're restricted yeah. in the amount of these things they can make. Of course, no one is going to get 
like the amount they want and like not even they have got the amount they want clearly because as you say demand is there i'm sure they would have mm. loved to have taken everyone's money for pre-orders they are just oh, being realistic be. so like i don't mm. i don't begrudge analog it, it is what it is yeah. i just i'm just very annoyed that there's people out there trying to flip them for like 900 dollars. but hey that's how it goes yeah, yeah, that's a frustrating thing. They just bought them to sell them on. Oh. Yeah, which it, but it happens a lot. It does, and I mean, it happens with all of this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure that they'll come out at some point. Hopefully, no one is crazy enough to buy them for nine hundred dollars, and that those ones, when they become readily available, actually become cheaper because people are looking to shift them quickly. But yeah, I see. yeah, and the, the, the people should not be buying them for that oh, much but money. People but will, you know, when Tom. it comes to retro games, I often see a lot of people seem to have a lot of money to spend. Them. You know, you see a lot of posts online. And you think, "Wow." Well, uh, you know, there's a couple of reasons for this. That. Was my haul for today, and you go, "Yeah, I hope you got them cheap." No, exactly. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes you look at people. Po- this is kind of why I tried to stop posting stuff online. Is because it yeah. it creates a cycle of like encouraging people to spend money they don't have. I'm sure I've talked about this in the podcast before on yeah, video yeah, games. We have talked about it, yeah. and like. Yeah. I will only post stuff if A, I really enjoy it, or B, I got it at a good price. Like, there is mm. no point to me. Like, I just doesn't, it doesn't register for me to go out and spend, like, a couple of hundred quid on video games. A, I wouldn't do that anyway. But, like, to then go home and be like, oh, look at my pickups for today. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you've got a, co- a box copy of Shante because you spent a grand on it because no one's <laughs> that dumb. Like... <laughs> It just, I just... Yeah, I often see it and think, wow, okay, so I may pick up one or two games. Sometimes I have weeks where I pick, make, pick up a couple of games a week, but yeah. um, they're usually cheap. I will... <laughs> usually relatively I cheap. I will just wait. Like, as I said, with, a, with, yeah. a, with, um, with Twin, right? Like, I saw it in Japan um, way back when, and it was everywhere, and I was like, well, it's a JRPG, I don't really need it. Like, I'm not... I, at the time, I wasn't really studying Japanese. Like it was the trip there, the first time that inspired me to take up learning the language. It's like, well, I don't speak Japanese. This is pointless. Like it was you who actually led me down this path of going. There's no point of me buying all of the Japanese games because ninety percent of them I won't understand. Now I'm starting the. Well, that's the logic. Well, that's what you first think, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. As you learn Japanese, then it becomes a bit of a different story. Yeah, exactly. As I'm learning Japanese now, yeah. it's actually kind of fun. Like I, I don't mention mm. it in this video that I'm going to post today of Kaiju Okojira, but like, I translated the start of that game, and that was immensely satisfying. I. That's the fun thing about learning languages, isn't it? How satisfying it can actually be. I mean, for me, learning Japanese, it's been relatively slow progress. But as the weeks go on, I'm finding certain things easier and easier. And uh, I'm recognising more and more characters without really having to think about yeah. them too much. And it's... Yeah, and words and, and some of the um, ways you have to think in order to uh, understand Japanese. Yeah, it's it's really rewarding. So sometimes, like, uh, speaking... like. I've got another point now where we're watching the Ghibli movies through, I mentioned it before, like Nausicaa is Metroid, etc, etc. We watched mm. Totoro last night um, after taking a couple of weeks off watching them. And I'm often finding myself now really curious because I'm watching it with the English dub for a lot of them because my wife doesn't want to read subtitles 
which is understandable because she's usually playing Animal Crossing or something while we're watching these Ghibli movies. So she wants to. She's seen them a million times. So have I. So she she wants to watch them with Dub, which I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't mind watching a movie with Dub. It's okay. But there gets to points where I have to pause the movie, flick it back a couple of seconds, and I flip on the Japanese audio tracks. I want to know how they said mm. something. And it's always... Mm. I find it's a lot different, yeah. though, wouldn't you? It... And, like, especially yeah. when you know what they're saying, it's like... Yes. Japanese is much more direct than I ever would have imagined. There's not, like... There, yeah. there can be poetry yeah. in Japanese. There can be beautiful phrases in Japanese. But that's mostly down to like kanji choice because there's a lot of ways to say yeah. the same thing in Japanese, and so, mm-hmm. um, God, what was it the other day? Um, I was watching, I was watching Yu Yu Hakusho, and there was one instance where Togoro, the bad guy in that show, just said mm. just said the word interesting in Japanese. Which has escaped me annoyingly at this moment. Now I'm trying to think about it. I, I, I can't tell um, what it is. Either, and so. he just he just says like interesting, but uh, the 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 subtitle for the one word is like, oh wow, this is going to be a really interesting tournament. And it's just like, well, no, he just said like, you know, it's just that you don't yes. need all of that supposition in Japanese. Like, but then the mouth movements. There's so many sounds you make to say that one word, maybe in Japanese, that they have to fill in the mouth movements with more. No, words. I don't think so because it's not even that I... quick. Like he just he says what it is. God, I wish I could remember the adjective. Um, and he just it's like it's like four syllables, but like the subtitle for it is massive because in Japanese you you don't. You don't have okay, to. You it. don't yeah, have to yeah, put all yeah. of the particles and everything in it because a lot of it is situational. So he just says "interesting" to describe the event, but then like we might do that in English, but we don't tend to do that that often. And so they're trying to hmm. they try and project all of the thought of like why he's said that word as well as what he's actually okay. saying. And I, I think that's super interesting. It is, yeah, it is fascinating. The more you, you learn Japanese, you, you look at those anime dubs quite differently. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also, yeah. I I understand and respect why they've done that choice. It's because that's kind of how we oh, would yeah, say it yeah. in English. Like that, I for me, and this is, I'm sure there will be someone who will disagree with me on this, but like, I now knowing what I know about Japanese, and admittedly that isn't that much, I'm still not that confident speaking the language. I can see why direct translations of Japanese aren't really the best course sometimes when you're trying to make an enjoyable piece of content. No, it's going to, it's not going to sound right, is it? As an English language speaker, it just won't. A direct translation won't sound quite quite right. No, it's just, uh, and I've I've struggled with this a long time, like this idea of like authorial intent, intent and like well, how can you how can you say the words like uh, how can you translate the the words of something in English into another language, and it maintain its same meaning? It's, uh, well, mm. y- yeah, but also you want to be able to actually read this and enjoy it. Like, yeah, it's great if you can speak English or Japanese or any other language and read the the author in the original language. But I don't think you're ever gonna. There will always be the translator as a middleman. And like that yeah. translator trying to take this thing and make it appeal to your sensibilities as someone that speaks this language and has this culture. 
Yeah, quite a skill. Quite a yeah, skill. a lot of respect for the people who, who do that well. Oh, absolutely. You know. uh, yeah. I mean, it's a creative writing exercise. It's not only understanding. Yes, yeah, it is. Understanding a wealth of culture, of reference, of history, yeah. and everything else from both languages, be that English and Japanese in this case, and then being mm. able to pass that into into English in a way that actually not only makes sense and makes an engaging piece of content, but actually yeah. tells a story in a way that's true to the original is it's an amazing skill to have. Yeah. Shout out to all those translators. Yeah, big out up there. them translators. <laughs> okay, right. Um, if if there's what were you else were you going to talk about, Tom? Other than rubbing salt in my wounds, was there anything, or would you just want to? I don't think I've really played much else uh, that I can talk about this week. I notice online something I've been thinking about a lot lately is that the obsession people have with um, PVMs right now. Yeah. Uh, professional video monitors within the retro gaming community that is like a record on repeat you know like a broken record yeah. should i say uh at this very point in time it feels like everyone feels that they need to own a pvm in order to enjoy playing retro games and i think that's sort of the next stage it's sort of like if you've got like a crtv but you want to take it further it's sort of like but everyone seems to be doing it and it's like wow it, it's interesting to to see how popular they've become uh, recently, yeah. you know, and that is a lot of more focus online, maybe dedicated retro gaming YouTube channels uh, saying how this is the best way to do. It's like my life in gaming, for yeah, instance. Yeah. You know that they they do a lot of content about getting the best picture out of your, your retro yeah, consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, such. I mean I looked at their thing for the, the Frame Meister. I think that was where I started with my Frame Meister journey. Was their channel? Yeah. yeah. I did see a funny post. It's just like the back of a PVM saying, well, actually, where do I plug in the regular uh, composite cable then into this? Yeah. And it's like, well, no, yeah, it wasn't really made for games consoles. Was no. it? it was made for, for broadcasting purposes and filmmaking and, and, and such. <laughs> so, well, they do offer a great picture. You know, I think it's confusing um, people as well. Yeah. Um, because it is very high-end stuff that... You have to know a little bit about to get the most out of. You do, yeah. So I, th I think for the majority of people that a reasonably good CRT TV is also a fine way to play retro games. Um, but everyone wants the best, don't they? Well, what's the best way I should? Everyone's asking that question. How should I be doing this? Well, it's not as complicated as people are letting it's you. As complicated as you want to make it. No, they're, they're, like, yeah. this is the thing, right? There's a weird degree i mean there always has been there's a weird hmm. thing of like gatekeeping around retro gaming like there's there's always yeah. been like ever since i've been engaged in like retro gaming and ever since i've been on the internet there's been so many debates around like the best way to play gaming and like <laughs> you, oh well i mean you aren't really playing mega man unless you're playing the ntsc oh, yeah. version of mega man because that 50 hertz <laughs> is is not sufficient tom and i'm like okay yeah but if you're happy enough playing i'm i'm fine playing it believe it or not i can actually i can actually complete mega man 2 <laughs> on on a pal console um, yeah, that that PAL NTSC thing is incredibly interesting. Um, although I will say that playing Sonic Two NTSC is a lot better than playing it past. Yeah, I, hey man, like don't get me wrong, like speed. that's the way those games were designed. Yeah. But like, 
there's yeah. that there was there's always been like the hey are you playing on a crt which to be fair mm-hmm. to some respect i get the idea we of, talked like, about it yeah. earlier we talked about how good the bouncer probably looks on a crt as opposed to a modern program. i mean how bad that even <laughs> my my master system games look on my tv because there's not a mode for like input to replicate a crt is just it's like playing power strike 2 is like oh my god this game is gorgeous but it's also not this tv's not doing this game justice yeah it's not the be all and end all though is it it's, it's everyone's constant search for perfection yeah but you know we've like... got to accept in in life in general perfection is an obtainable thing we can try and get close to of it of course there is no but thing. i mean like everyone tries right like i mean as as designers and as creative people we know this more than mm. anyone like you can literally there's always well, something more you can do to something yeah and this is where we're at i think in the retro game community this is why we're at pvms now. yeah because where else do you go after oh you've got a crt that's one level of retro gaming fandom right i've got a crt yeah. on oh, next level if you want to reach the next level and be in this exclusive club you've got to get a pvm now. yeah and it's like okay you don't have to. You don't to. have to, no. And I mean, like, it's also... I say this in the nicest possible way. Like, these games consoles, A, as you, we've said, were never meant to run on PVMs. <laughs> there was no one, like... There was no one sat in a development office in R&D 1 in Nintendo going, God, I hope everyone can play this on a PVM. Like, <laughs> people who made games and people who made consoles were realistic to the fact that, like... Like web designers, right? You know that no matter how much you design something someone's gonna have a crap like phillips crt that doesn't display color properly like there's a wealth of tvs out there and like games consoles were made to run on all of them it wasn't like one console for like one tv and yeah. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's an elitism level above this where like PVMs are like oh well you you know you should really be using a Sony PVM to play the <laughs> oh, Mega yeah, Drive to its Sony full one, capacity. Like, like, don't get me wrong, there's always been this within CRTs, and like not all CRTs are created equal. Like there are Sony Tritons, which are beautiful models, and like. I anytime I see a Sony Triton, I'm like, oh god, I should really buy that. That would be a gorgeous TV because the color on it is great. It's like a Bravia or an OLED now. There are differences. Yeah. And like, th- yeah. there's the reason I was looking at Bang and Olufsen stuff is because of that very reason as well. Is because even though again they do have Philips stuff in them, to my point, uh, they you know not only do they look really nice. In Philips, the home, I've got a Philips TV, Matt. Don't yeah, Philips. Philips are okay, Tom, but they, you know, they're not the best, are they, Tom Barry? I don't care. I play, like. You, Home truths. I played most of my PlayStation era games on a Grundig, which is like some. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, Grundig. Yeah, and they're not bad. I don't know, but like, it's never. I don't know, but I'm no professional. I've never seen anyone being like having the same levels of like or of erotic asphyxiation with like a television with a grunding the same way i have seen with other people in other in other consoles yeah. and tvs in terms of crts in my lifetime i think it's been nearly all phillips yeah i i, I mainly <laughs> had sony that. just the way it happened um just because i remember when we were a kid and we got our first like 32 inch tv and it was a big deal because it was a sony like and mm. my dad having like 
bringing home small speakers that were separate from the TV that you plugged into the back oh, and we're like, oh my God, surround sound, 5.1. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird world, but like, like, you can do as much or as little as you want, yeah. but as long as you're happy Play your games with it, don't the way let anyone you want. else tell you you shouldn't be doing like that. If you're perfectly happy with something, then um, you know you don't have to do whatever. Exactly, else is doing. fuck gatekeeping. Like enjoy, enjoy the things you enjoy, and don't let people yeah. tell you there's a right or a wrong way to enjoy them. Like that is <laughs> that is the biggest thing I hope I can impart to people. You don't have to spend yeah. money on stuff you don't need. If your TV you currently have is enjoyable enough for you, there is always a way to make that experience better. But, like, do you need it? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Like, do you need to pay 300 quid for a production quality monitor that you can't, that was never meant for playing video games on? Yes, they will Mm. look nice, but you don't need it. Also, do you need an internal mod for your Dreamcast that costs a lot of money, or can you buy like an adapter for a good adapter for about thirty-five pounds that does the same job? I saw uh, that's where yeah, I'm at. I, with that to, sort of thing. At the moment, Ali, uh, good friend, the Retro Hunter, has uh, an Ultra HDMI N64, and it's right. a very expensive thing. And like, I'm it sure is, yeah. that I, I couldn't justify it. I'm sure there are people out there who would who would gladly do that. Like to be fair, I was just about to plonk like three hundred dollars down for a Game Boy. Like, I'm yeah. sure that means that much to someone. But like, I'm also very happy with the with the way I play Game Boy games. That's on an SP. Like, if I'm playing something for my mm. fun, I will play it on a console. Like, I don't need the analog for that. Like, the only reason I wanted the analog was for video and i'm sure there will be mm. like amazing things you can do with that all the stuff they were doing with like L- lsdj and like development stuff really gets me excited about the idea of like a game boy renaissance but yeah i don't need it i think a lot of this comes maybe from people producing youtube channels youtube content nowadays and a lot of people want the best quality output so they can compete in a very competitive market if you're not delivering the, your content at this sort of level then you you might not get as much um publicity you know well, i mean i i mean it's definitely true yeah. like i do look at some of my older videos where i i didn't have the ability to like capture in HD and everything, and like I'm looking at, it, I'm like, oh god, maybe I should redo this Kirby video. Like this Kirby video has got like 2.5 views, but like, but the standard's so high now; it's too high on YouTube for my life. Yeah, I don't we've like talked about this before. Like, it's TV quality productions. I mean, I, I mean, these are great things. Enjoy watching them, but at the same time, it's like not everybody um, can do that. No, not everyone has the time or money to invest in doing that you really have to be able to make a living from the hobby i was about to say like at that point though it's your job right like that is the thing you do but uh hey more power to people who are able to do that stuff like i i think it's absolutely i mean it's great content there but it, it does make it difficult to get your own content uh you know, seen and uh, appreciated when there is such a, a well high level out there. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. competence. Yeah, and it, that was know, yeah. never the point of YouTube, right? The whole point of YouTube. Was no, no, be... I, I never thought so. I thought it was always like homegrown hobbyist kind of thing. Yeah, you know, a man, um, man showing you how to make an omelette in a spectacular fashion, for example. Like that's the kind of YouTube exactly. content I want. You know, uh, but yeah, yeah. No. Perhaps we'll leave it there, but yeah. I just um, I couldn't help thinking about all this PVM stuff I was seeing and thinking, oh, 
just give it a rest. I'm fed up of seeing all this online. I I get it. I understand it. But yeah, don't feel like you need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's how it is, right? Like, hey man, we're we're old men yelling on our soapbox and stuff. But I I I just I hope <laughs> people listening to this just need to realize, right? Like, there there is more to life than being seen as as a a true gamer tm on on twitter you know <laughs> yeah, like ab- absolutely just enjoy yeah, your hobby yeah, that, that. like that's hopefully yeah. if anything this podcast promotes that idea of you so. just enjoying i, so. I wouldn't call games. us an elitist um, hey man i played podcast. monkey king hero is back no I, i'm not like I'm... <laughs> i've been playing the bouncer you know um I hate Thomas because it's a very readily available game. Um, yeah, I... yes. If you two haven't played the bouncer and want to play it, you can pick it up for a couple. of Exactly. Go to your local CEX. There's recommend. probably like tens of thousands of copy in the back room. <laughs> probably fifty p if you. Fifty oh, yeah, you know. p. What a what a see. That's the price you should be paying for Monkey King. Hey, I tell you what. Someone posted actually on a retro games thing that I saw. Uh, Loaded pickups from cash converters, fifty uh, p each. Talking about Wii games like Smash yeah. Brothers, Nintendo games, and all this, fifty p. Yeah, you know the bargains are out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> sure. Just be patient, everybody. Right, we're gonna have to wrap this up because my yes. personal recording device is about to run out of memory, <laughs> so I need to wrap this okay, up quickly. Okay, yes, yes, that's a good Speaking reason to wrap of up. Content, Tom Parry. What have you got coming up on Blast Process this week? Oh, you know, I had this import PS2 video. Yes. Right? Now I've got an import PS1 video. Oh, senior collection, oh. Tom. Some titles. So you can uh, a bit iffy about doing those sort of collection videos, but I think if there's some games in there you might not have heard of. And I can bring that to your attention, and you like fighting games because most of them yeah. are, then you might get something out of this video. So that'll be online uh, probably about the time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, that'll be all gravy. Um, as will my video finally on uh, Kaiju or Gojira, um, the, the second Godzilla movie. And I will probably then uh, take a break from YouTube for a little bit, but I'll post the thing up on the channel. Like I said last week, I want to do all of Shmaptember, and I want to make sure I have the content. I bought some exciting new games, Tom, but I haven't said what they are, because spoilers. But yeah, there's, oh. I found some good found some good Shoot-a-box. Game Boy Color shooters that are definitely worth yeah. a look. I will, I will. Yeah, I was only thinking the other day, aren't all shooters the same? Aren't they? Is it like... Uh... No, Tom Parry. <laughs> oh, that, I know that's terrible of me to say that, isn't it? But I was I was playing one the other day. I think it was on the Mega Drive Mini or something, or on the Mega Drive collection. Yeah. Was it? No, I forget what it's called. Anyway, you always have, like, a lot of the time, if you're not in space, you have something at the top and something at the bottom. You have little guns at the bottom, yeah. little gun turrets. Yeah. And little gun turrets at the top. And it's, like, it's been there since Gradius or probably before. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they all hey man. seem quite similar to me. I mean, it's not my genre. There's, there's nuance there for sure, Tom. Much, uh, hey, much like there is in fighting games. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yes. No, I would totally Don't get me wrong. A lot of, to, to a lot of people, it, I'm sure, is just same. derogative of Gradius and R-Type, the same way that a lot of fighting games are just trying to be Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Yep. Yeah, but you yeah, know you're right and that's maybe if you're passionate about a genre that's what's so interesting about the genre exactly how they change the devil is in slightly. the detail tom parry 
yeah, I, so I love have that stuff up. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and this uh, two old men ramble about the state of video games, you can find us in a variety of places on facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast, at TomParry11 for him and at GameBoyle for me, um, on BlastProcess.com, and you can also listen to the podcast in a variety of places on BlastProcess.com, as I just mentioned, at Tom and Matt Attack forward slash podcast, and on iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening, etc. Etc. Tom Parry, as always, yeah, has been good. a pleasure. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Matt. Nice chatting to you today. And uh, until we see you next time for another episode of Tom Matt Attack, it's goodbye and. Game on! Game on! Bye! Bye.